Tired of complex and high credit card processing fees? It's time to simplify. Whether you own a big business or a small startup, Empower Payments can save you money. Streamline your payment process while saving money today with Empower Payments. Learn more at EmpowerPayments.com. That's EmpowerPayments.com. Chiefs fans, this is the Sports Radio 810 WHB postgame show. The Chiefs have won! The Chiefs have won Super Bowl 57! If you want Chiefs, follow the leader. Sports Radio 810 WHB. Well, that didn't go exactly as expected. In a lot of ways, Zach Wilson and the New York Jets put up a much stronger fight than I would have first anticipated in tonight's primetime New York, New Jersey showdown between the Chiefs and the New York Jets for all of the time spent on who was going to be watching the game from the suites. What actually happened on the field was mildly confusing a bit anticlimactic, and ultimately the final result that you probably initially expected. Not the final score, certainly. I never truly entertained the idea of this being a three-point game, even as the Chiefs could have made it six or could have made it Another touchdown there made made it a a 10-point victory if they would have gone that route. But no, Patrick Mahomes slides safely just past the first down marker and before crossing the goal lines, the Chiefs are able to kneel it out there in New Jersey to get the win, to rise to 3-1, and and to leave us with plenty of details that we can try to latch on to as we figure out what about this game matters. It's funny because last week was against the Chicago Bears, who you may have noted today absolutely should have beaten the Denver Broncos and for a period of time looked like they were going to. In the end, I wouldn't worry about it, Chiefs fans, because the Denver Broncos are one step further away from Caleb Williams and Drake May, and uh, that game was still hilarious regardless. You don't want the Broncos to go 0-17 because you don't want them having that number one pick. So, you know, that, that, that was a fine way for the, the Broncos to escape. And, and you don't want to get too deep into the X beat Y, therefore Y beat Z, so X is better than Z. You, you don't want to get too deep down that rabbit hole in the NFL because that is how you end up saying that the Jets beat the Bills and the Bills beat the Dolphins, and the Dolphins looked like a spaceship, and then today the Bills actually look like the best team in football. And then tonight in prime time, I don't want to say the Chiefs laid an egg, because that's not quite right. But they also didn't look quite like themselves. And Zach Wilson looked like a competent quarterback, which is better than could have been said about him. Any moment previously, this much maligned season, or really maybe his much maligned career to this point. There are two places that I, I think I'm willing to go ahead and plant my flag. One one thing on each side of the ball, and then we'll start taking your calls. We'll hear from the Chiefs from New York. 
uh, before too long, and uh, we'll bring you. We'll talk to Matt Derrick later on. We'll bring you all the the primetime breakdown this game deserves. But it's confusing when Zach Wilson throws the ball more times than Patrick Mahomes, completes the ball more times than Patrick Mahomes, throws for more yards, more touchdowns, fewer interceptions. Passer rating, I'm, I'm imagining QBR. Zach Wilson, by every metric, had a better day than Patrick Mahomes. Now, Mahomes made some huge plays on the ground, 50 yards rushing tonight, and I thought Dylan uh, made a, a good point a, a few times. He said if this was a playoff game, Mahomes would have rushed for 100 yards. I think that's true. I'm Joshua Briscoe, by the way. Dylan Michelson, the head of the glass, Coville Hudson producing as well. But in a night where the Chiefs ran the ball for th- th- uh, on 35 carries for 204 yards, Isaiah Pacheco with the bulk of those, 115 rushing yard day, plus he was the team's second leading receiver, three, three catches for 43 yards to the air. The Chiefs were able to run the ball pretty effectively, although that, you know, the Pacheco's long touchdown was certainly boosting those stats. But overall, you kind of saw him do the... Seven-yard run, one-yard loss. Seven-yard gain, one-yard loss. It felt, it felt like there was a little bit of that kind of ebbing and flowing for, for Pacheco. We've talked a lot about the Chiefs getting the running game going and how that is something you want to see from the offense, and, and we saw that, and that's nice. But it's also good to remember that's not the offense. It's a thing you want the Chiefs to be able to do as often and as easily as they can Because it is, again, that sort of easy button that you can put on the desk of of your quarterback. When when everything through the air is difficult, hand the ball to the Energizer Bunny who runs like he's angry at the dirt that lays below his feet. In this case, the turf below his feet. Let him just stomp his way down a defense and and then take the easy stuff. That's, That's a good thing to be able to have. But tonight for the Chiefs, their leading wide receiver was Rasheed Rice, three catches for 32 yards. Canarius Tony was the leading receiver well into the game with two catches for 22, one of them being that little pop pass. Marquez Valdez-Scantling had one catch for six yards. That was a, a first down and a big moment. Nice to see. But that was his only reception. And then Justin Watson had one catch for five. To be honest, I can't even remember when that one was. Sky Moore was shut out again tonight. Justin Ross didn't get a target. Richie James is on IR. And the Jets' secondary is leaps and bounds better than the Bears. We knew this. We talked about this. But that is one place where I... where I have some sort of big picture and more narrow concern. Rasheed Rice looks comfortable, looks like a part of this offense. He also looks like he's going to have one play per game where it's either a drop or a ball he doesn't quite get to or something where you, you, you cringe a little bit as the ball goes through or around or off his hands. And this team still doesn't have an answer right now for where do we go with the football when Travis Kelsey isn't the, the only target here. 
Big Noah Gray touchdown, stupendous, but it, it wasn't seven catches for 80 yards and a touchdown for him. It was one for 34. I, I really like it when Kadarius Tony has the ball in his hands. He, he moves with a violence and an explosiveness that's really exciting to watch. But he's not getting used like a number one wide receiver much in the way that he was kind of hyped up like he was going to be this offseason. And how many times tonight, I mean, the offensive line, this was not its best effort. But either Mahomes was under duress and making plays in space, or when he had time, there were just no receivers open. It's where you get your your hold, your illegal contact, whatever, when defenses have to hold on for six, seven seconds. It's a nice thing to be able to force them to do, but an unfortunate thing to have to deal with when you can't find an open pass catcher. I never actually thought they were going to lose the Jets tonight. I, the, the Mahomes picks were so weird and felt so uncharacteristic, even as he had at least one other ball that you were kind of having a similar, like, oh, God, what's happening here kind of fear of, of where's this football going to land? But I never thought that, that he was going, Mahomes was going to fail to have one of those sort of magical Mahomes moments. He gave you multiples of those. But against a a good defense here, things just felt labored for this Chiefs offense through the air. We've got a good example of what it looks like when the running game is fun and successful. But I do have my concerns about where it really settles in. Like, what the true identity of this Chiefs offense is going to be. Through four weeks, I'm not completely sure. Isaiah Pacheco is a, a treat to watch run. Clearly their best running back. Travis Kelsey is incredible and looks like himself after, you know, being hobbled in week two. Obviously missing week one. And this sort of receiving core by committee thing is is a fine thing in, in, in theory. But it doesn't work in practice if, if Sky Moore can't be Juju Smith-Schuster. Or if Rasheed Rice can't be even more than they've asked him to be to this point. MVS being two for 60 is one thing. One for six isn't going to do it. Now, again, he was involved, and he got the hold on him, and, and there were a couple. There was another MVS target earlier on. I can't even remember why that one came back, and I still thought, oh, that's a good, that was a good effort to get him to football. I think that one might have been a hold, maybe came back on the on one of the Juwan Taylor penalties. No illegal formations or false starts for Juwan Taylor. That's exciting. I say um, mostly tongue-in-cheek for some of the other issues there. Defensively, and then we'll take your calls. Defensively, I still find myself being predominantly a, a full believer in the Chiefs' defense, but seeing Zach Wilson have a get-right game isn't exactly the encouragement I wanted to see. I'm not thrilled with that. But George Karloftis had three or four pressures tonight. Chris Jones, it wasn't every rep consistently, but we saw him, you know, dealing with a groin injury throughout practice. No designation coming into the game today, but I am curious how that was affecting him. He gets that one sack at the end of the first half, so his incentive clock keeps ticking. 
Legarius Sneed, not a great not a great day for him. Felt like he was on Garrett Wilson, and while Garrett Wilson was was having a nice night, not a totally game breaking one, but a chain moving one. Nine for sixty is a type of day from Garrett Wilson that you'd probably live with, but isn't exciting. Alan Lazard also had a few big plays. I think maybe we, we saw Trent McDuffie's first bad rep of the season, and even it wasn't disastrous. I think the defense is still mostly legitimate. But you saw what happens when Zach Wilson is feeling like he can work under that little two-and-a-half-second little crunch time cutoff they were talking about on the broadcast today. When he can be on time moving that way, it at least operates like a semi-functional offense that doesn't necessarily need Trevor Simeon to solve everything. But I also thought the Chiefs were going to end Zach Wilson's career tonight. And I think instead he saved his job for at least another week against a defense that I believed and still do believe is actually very good. Makes this a weird one. A little bit of an odd game to figure out where to land from because I think there are positives you could be encouraged by. I think there are negatives that are alarming. I think altogether beating the Jets by a field goal in prime time doesn't feel as good as you'd like for it to. But also the Chiefs are 3-1. and one. And if... Uh, if three points in this game go a little bit differently, the Chiefs and Jets are both two and two football teams sitting at similar spots in the AFC, and that would have been a nightmare. So I'm not not overcrediting the Chiefs for for getting by by a field goal. I said last week the the main reason that I wasn't like afraid to take away legitimate things from the Bears game is because the Chiefs made the Bears look like a terrible football team, and that's what they are. But the Jets looked fully competent on both sides of the ball tonight. Not not a terrible surprise defensively. Um, would little surprised that 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 we saw Zach Wilson look like an NFL quarterback, and even more surprised that we had a couple of instances of Patrick Mahomes looking like Zach Wilson. Not where you want to land. But a win is a lot easier to discuss than that being a loss. Uh, we'll hear from Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, and others from New York as we go on tonight. But we'll go to the phones first. We start with Travis. Travis, you're on Sports Radio 18. What's up, Travis? JB, I thought I was watching Freaky Friday. You know the movie, <laughs> you know the movie where and I thought that maybe at some point in the second quarter that that Wilson and Mahomes like switched bodies. Cause Seriously, they kind of yeah, it was really weird. Uh, I'm 100 percent on the same page with you. I think the wide receiver thing is a problem. And I was the guy that was like, no, we'll be fine. We don't need to go after D-Hop or spend the money in, uh, in the offseason on a veteran wide receiver, and I think that I was wrong. If Kelsey's not open, he literally has nowhere to go with the ball. Um, and I know that the Jets' defense is better than average, but and they have a, a legit shutdown corner. Um, you have to have somebody else get open. And I just don't think that they were getting open. And I also think, so the two picks that he threw kind of reminded me of the interception that he threw in Jacksonville where he just was like bleep it and and flung it down the field. Mm -hmm. I think that they were frustration throws, to be honest. I think that he's just trying to make something happen, giving the guy like make something happen because nobody is on the offense, at least wide receiver-wise, doing their job. So I don't know how they fix that at this point. I mean, I guess maybe you could trade for a Hollywood Brown or, you know, I know the Bears want to trade Clay, uh, Chase Claypool or, mm-hmm. you know, Kyle Pitts is available, I think. 
Like, there's some options out there, but I think they're going to have to make a move because I don't think that they're going to um, – I, I think they'll win games, but I don't think that they can win a Super Bowl with this group as is. So, uh, and that's all I got. Let Travis, I appreciate the sh- appreciate the shout, appreciate the call, and uh, yeah, here's the only thing that I'll add on the, the like the trade sort of uh, options at this point. I don't know how many of those guys move the needle in a meaningful way. This team has a bunch of mid level receivers. You mentioned Kyle Pitts. Hey, if Kyle Pitts is on the table, then that's a phone call. I'd be willing to, to have a long conversation about. Uh, but some of the other guys, I don't. Chase Claypool doesn't solve those problems, even as the Bears uh, desperately would like to to keep the uh, receipt on on that trade that they made. That's an absolute disaster. Uh, next up on the phones here, we got Frazier. Frazier, you're on eight ten. What's up? Hey, Frazier, you got us. I'm here. Hey, what's Hello. up, man? Yeah, what's going on? How you doing tonight? Hey, good. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. Usually, I would start the my message off with how about those Chiefs, but uh, it wasn't that exciting, so I just have to say how about those Chiefs in a very mild <laughs> tone. But, um, I just think tonight, man, um, I think that the defense underestimated Zach. I know I did. I didn't think Zach was going to do as good as he did. I don't know what his motivation was, but he came out doing his thing, and I think the offense was overwhelmed by the Jets' defense. Man, we know the Jets got a top five uh off defense in the league, so they showed it tonight. Also, I wanted to ask you, and you can I, I'll get offline so you can answer. Do you think that we need a uh, deep play threat in order to open up the offense? You know, I want to know your thoughts. Thanks, man. I love your show, man. Have a good night. Appreciate that, Frazier. Thank you very much. Um, it's a fun question and a weird one and kind of a frustrating one, honestly, about the deep threat. Because that's what MVS is there for, and that's what Justin Watson's there for, and, and that's something that Justin Ross should be able to do. So I, it's not a bad question at all, Frazier. I, I completely understand why that's the question we're asking, but I think the answer is, is no. I, I think they need somebody in the intermediate who's not named Travis Kelsey, who Mahomes can, can trust to get open a little bit. My hope comes from that being Rasheed Rice, and that, that being something that he can... He can grow into that role over the course of of the rest of the season, but again, I, I hear your question because I want to say, I, I mean, and I already did say, no, I don't. I don't think the deep threat's the place to invest now because you have guys who should be in that role already. But that's not a place where MVS has made defenses pay this year. It's it's not a spot where where Justin Watson is is consistent. Again, if I tell you that MVS and Justin Watson are there to make defenses respect you deep, I'm telling you that about two receivers tonight who combined for two catches for eleven yards. So that's a, I don't I don't feel great about that argument, uh, but I, I also don't know where else this team is gonna have a better chance to invest. Next up we got George. George, you're on Sports Radio Way Tim. What's up, George? Well I've got the headline for this Kansas City star tomorrow morning. Hit me. Pig skin, pig slop. <laughs> I'll take it. I like it. Was not pretty, boss. Uh, questions that need to be asked: Are Juwan Taylor's positives worth more than his negatives? I don't know. I'll ruminate on that. I'll, I, you fire off all of your questions that need answering, and I will. I will write them down with with detail. Can we honestly say that they won by three instead of by one because of that? Yeah. And um, can we have maybe Pacheco get a little closer to the line of scrimmage when he catches his handoff? 
getting it too far back is just, you know, it allowed it allowed the defense to keep him behind the line. Yeah, it, and a lot of that was sort of those what felt like almost desperate kind of stretch runs for him, uh, which was sort of an odd thing just because uh, the, the Chiefs haven't had much success with that over the years. Pacheco's got the juice for it, but it's it's sort of an odd one. I heard the uh, the parody song of uh, of for Taylor uh, during your daytime show, and I don't know if he came up with a title for it, but uh, if the breakup's coming, the title should be Hard Pass. <laughs> George, I appreciate you, sir. Betcha. Adios. Uh, the other the other question about Juwan Taylor, which will uh, Dylan keep me posted with what you're hearing there from New York. We'll we'll bring you uh, Reed and Mahomes later on. Not sure who else might be coming up to the podium, uh, but if we uh, we can bring you podium, we'll do that next. If not, we'll take a couple more calls and then we'll take a timeout. I wonder with some truth, Sarah, and what Brett Veach would say about that Juwan Taylor contract right now. It's so early. It's four games into his Chiefs career, but it's four games into a $20 million average annual value contract. And it's been a mess. My hunch still, again, no false starts, no illegal formations for Juwan Taylor tonight. My hunch still is that they'll play worse defenses than the Jets. He'll settle in. He'll look like the version of himself who the Chiefs paid reasonable I mean paid a lot of money for, but with reasonable pass production informing that. That's my hope. And I think that's my actual belief as to what's going to come next for Juwan Taylor. But right now it would be really, really tough for me to tell you that I feel honest to goodness good about that contract. It it would be really hard to. I think when the penalties stop, when, when the alignment types of penalties stop, I think it's one less thing for him to think about, and, and maybe you see him look like the dominant pass-blocking right tackle that they brought him in to be. And, to be fair, that safety should not have been a safety based on the letter of the law of how those penalties get called and that the way they explain on the broadcast, the face mask started in front of the end zone and continued into the end zone. But it was definitely a face mask. So I don't even I don't even have a whole lot of, of vitriol for the referees there, even as they had plenty of time tonight where they were a mess and Robert Sala was pissed about something that definitely looked like a defensive hold. He he didn't mug him. But also, Derek Nye didn't horse collar tackle anybody. So, another wonderful night of NFL refereeing that I would love to honestly just forget about. Uh, Dylan, quick thumbs up, thumbs down here. Just we got an empty podium there in New York right now, correct? Okay, so I'm going to hold in a, a little bit of a holding pattern, and then uh, Zach and Gary, you guys have the next two on the phone lines, but I want to make sure that we don't uh, get you started and then have to cut you off. Mahomes and Pacheco were both talking on uh, NBC after the game, so that could have uh, delayed things a little bit. We're keeping an eye on that, and we'll bring you all the audio we get all night long here. No, I'm not. we're not going on that long. Dylan's, Dylan's uh, having a flu game right now, and uh, I think tomorrow might be my flu game. And, I, and Dylan, I just hope, is here. But uh, <laughs> we will we will bring you the audio as long as it takes. We'll bring you the audio from everything tonight 
And uh, we will talk to Matt Derrick of Chiefs Digest a little bit later on as we uh, break down a truly odd, truly odd showdown between a team that I think is going to be very seriously contending in the playoffs and a team that I still think is limited by its quarterback. If you're a Jets fan tonight, you could make a pretty solid argument that you lost a one-possession game to the Chiefs, and Zach Wilson looked competent enough for you to win some games against lesser football teams, which is also absolutely not what I expected from this game. We definitely could have taken a call. We might have been able to stick in a whole commercial break. But I'm afraid to do it now. I see Dylan like a dog hearing noise. All right, hey, Isaiah Pacheco speaking live from his home state of New Jersey. Let's hear Isaiah Pacheco. And the team uh, most definitely uh, picking up one another, uh, playing hard for each other. Great team over there. And what about you coming here for this game? Oh, it was a great feeling. Uh, Never been in a stadium before. I've been in a Philly stadium. First uh, professional real football game inside the stadium. Uh, It was a great feeling. Uh, And blessed to see my family here supporting me. And not only that, um, get a victory. How many times did you imagine scoring a touchdown here in MetLife, and how did it feel once you got to the end zone? Um, I didn't really picture it, but you know, focusing and staying patient and just listening and doing my job, um, it allowed me to get in the end zone and finishing with the guys up front. It's a really big team win as well. How big is this for you guys moving forward? Do you think? Oh, it's awesome. It shows you uh, how uh, how much we play for one another, and not only that, uh, we got a lot of more ball to play and. A lot of more time to build with each other. How hard a grind was this tonight? Say it again, I'm sorry. How hard a grind was this tonight? Oh, it was a lot of hard to grind. Uh, I say I, every time I got in the huddle, I was telling the O-line, uh, let's strain, let's finish. And, uh, you know, that was the mindset. You had, you, you had a lot of extra energy coming in. Like, like, did you feel that? Oh, yeah, I felt good. And I ain't going to lie to you. I felt light on my feet. Uh, back to, uh, to, the, to the process rolling. So is there this week, you know, when you're getting ready to score, your your uh, celebration kind of goes through your head. What were you thinking about as you were running to the end zone? Hey, when I was running there on that one, I ain't that was a long one, so I wasn't thinking about nothing. I'm like, sheesh, just let me get in there. Are you impressed by the defense? Was better than what you thought? Uh, absolutely. Uh, the defense up front, uh, very hard. Uh, they played very solid, and uh, for us, uh, just finishing. That was the the mindset of, of the offensive line finishing. So you guys killed the last, I think, seven and a half minutes of the game with the ball. You did the same thing in Jacksonville. Why are you guys have Why have you guys been so good in those situations? Um, it starts in practice. Uh, practicing those situations when we're getting down to it, uh, and listening to Pat on this cause and making sure that uh, we play for one another. As a, can you uh, describe the push-ups? What was going on? Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, I was a little slow getting up there, so I had to get my juice back. Last one. Isaiah, uh, Patrick said, uh, Andy said that uh, Patrick said something in the locker room at halftime. You know, what did he tell you guys? What was his mentality kind of coming at the last few minutes of the game? Um, way to uh, play for each other, uh, both sides of the ball. And this half when we go out there, let's just keep building and uh, play for one another, uh, make plays. That's the goal and the mindset we got. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. There you go, Isaiah Pacheco, live from New York. It's Sunday night, live from. New Jersey, it's Sunday night, live from MetLife, which he didn't really think about much growing up, I guess. No, nah, but very cool for him to uh, to be back close to uh, the old stomping grounds and certainly close to Rutgers. Talked about earlier this week that he was a you know Philly fan growing up because of being in South Jersey as opposed to getting 
uh, swept up by the, the Jets or Giants, I suppose. But uh, regardless, a big night for Pacheco. And again, one of the, I don't even say silver linings, because silver linings is something you usually say about a loss, but one of the real bright spots tonight, 20 carries for 115 on the ground. That's almost six yards a pop, no pun intended, but I'll take it. Uh, and that touchdown on the 48-yarder, plus three catches for 43 through the air catching all three of his targets. Uh, he's just a real part of this offense. He's an excellent player. He's a treat to watch. I, I don't know. I, I, it, it's hard to be hyperbolic about Isaiah Pacheco because I, I feel like people have a pretty good judgment of like what his best role is in this offense, what he can bring to the unit, why he is so much fun to watch. I mean, he's just explosive, uh, electric as a running back in a way that's, that can be hard to, to be as evident. Just, again... It's the nickname, it's the word that's on the chain around his neck in the uh, the presser there, but he just has a pop. He has a pop about him that makes him an absolute blast. We'll either go uh, back out to New York, order the phones, order commercial. That's something we figure out when we're all up in the air, but uh, we probably should go ahead and take a timeout. What do you think? Do you think our odds are pretty good on uh, threading this needle? I say we need to do it. It's getting pretty late here. So uh, if you're uh, on the phones right now, we will get to you coming up before too long. Uh, Zach and Gary, you guys are 1-2 on the order, uh, respectively. The Chiefs get the victory in prime time, 23-20. It was not easy going. It was not a laid-back win. The Chiefs are 3-1. and one. They're victorious, which means we have a lot more good stuff to talk about. We'll continue doing that next in the Sports Radio 810 WHP postgame show. Mahomes has Jerick McKinnon as his back, galloping away. Mahomes, pressure, escaping again. Mahomes got the first down and goes down inbounds before the touchdown that will end the game. All they have to do is take a couple of knees, and this game... Is done. The decision made to go man coverage on the back end. Anytime you play man coverage against Patrick Mahomes, he knows it. He knows which side you don't have help on. He goes that way. He breaks your back. He breaks your spirit. And he wins world championships. And he becomes the most valuable player in the league. End of story. He did it again. He's certainly that. That right there is Patrick Mahomes icing the game. If you've got problems with heating or cooling, well, good news. I got a champion for you. That Magic Mahomes moment's brought to you by Champion Heating and Cooling. Keep your family warm this winter with their Champion Premium Furnace. Find your local champion dealer at championhomecomfort.com and don't forget to ask about their free 10-year parts and labor warranty. Always leading, never compromising, championhomecomfort.com. We'll hear from Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid later on. Already heard from Isaiah Pacheco. But first, I want to get back to the phones. Some of you have been holding on for a little bit. Starting off here with Zach. Zach, thanks for waiting. You're on the Sports Radio 810 WHB Post Game Show. What's on your mind, Zach? Hey, thanks, Josh. And I bet you could probably say it with me. Only weird games, man. <laughs> we have not been proven oh. wrong yet. Goodness sake, but <laughs> let, let me just kind of switch things up, bring a little bit of positivity. Because sure. think about this. The Jets might have the best defense that we're going to see maybe all year mm-hmm. unless, you know, we see the 49ers, Cowboys in the Super Bowl, or somehow the Browns turn it around and make it. The, the Jets have two shutdown corners. Foss was one of the best cornerbacks last year, and – probably will end up being one of the best again this year. DJ Reed is top five right now in most statistical categories. 
Quinnen Williams is basically a younger Chris Jones, and their linebackers are studs. That yep. defense is sick. So not a real big surprise that our young wide receivers can't get open. But, you know, other than the fact that for whatever reason it seems like Aaron Rodgers snuck some Iowa into <laughs> Zach Wilson, and all of a sudden it seems like I didn't watch much Dragon Ball Z as a kid, but it seems like he just turned Super Saiyan or something for a drive there, <laughs> making all the throws that we haven't even seen Aaron Rodgers make for two years. Yeah. All that aside, think about this. The Chiefs are still winning in ways that we've never seen before, though. Mm. It, it's always been the offense, and it's always been passing in the Mahomes era. Yeah. And now for the first time, we have a legit defense. If they hold people to 18 points a game, we are winning every single one of those games this year. Absolutely. There's just no way that Patrick Mahomes is going to let anything else happen. We turn around, and we have a decent runner for the first time in Mahomes' career, and mm-hmm. hopefully this will go for a full season. Mm-hmm. That's incredible. And we're, the offensive line is, you know, penalties are just weird, and eventually that's going to get figured out. But there were times where Mahomes was like he had all day, yeah. 10 seconds to stand there. And if he, ha- if he gets that and if we clean up the penalties, we are going to be Super Bowl bound. It's just going to be in a way that we've never seen before, and that's maybe a little bit disconcerting for fans. But I'd much rather have a team with Patrick Mahomes that still will always have a chance to be in games And now you add on top of that a defense that always has a chance to go out there and stop drives and then let let Pat do his thing, we're going to be just fine. So only weird games, man. Stuff happens. But this is normally a game that we lose. Look at Indy Mm -hmm. last year. We couldn't stop a drive to save our lives. And now all of a sudden we were able to stop the bleeding. Last point, seven minutes, 24 seconds left to go in the game, we get the ball back, we run out the clock. Yep. When is the first, that's, that's the first time that we've ever done that in the Mahomes career. Incredible. I'm excited. I want to see, you know, can the wide receivers mature? Can they move forward? It's going to be an interesting year, but I, it's, it's definitely going to be a very exciting year. We're just going to win differently. That's it. Have a good one. Zach, I appreciate the call. Good stuff there, man, uh, across the board. I think my my disconcerted level is so enormously based on the fact that Zach Wilson looked like a good quarterback against this defense that it is hard for me to properly evaluate things around it, which is not an excuse, just an explanation. Um, because you're right, especially the ability to close out the game at the end, both killing the clock and getting the, the defensive stop, unlike what we never saw from that indie game, I think are both really excellent notes. Specifically that I wasn't even ever doubting, is the defense going to find a way to get off the field one of these times? I, I wasn't even concerned about that. I just believe that eventually they were going to be able to get a stop or that Zach Wilson was going to eventually make a mistake. I think you're absolutely right that this is a great defensive unit they just went up against, maybe the best the Chiefs will see all year. I think that is still a good and useful way and a good and useful time to measure where those young receivers are at right now. And it feels like, if not a step backward in a meaningful sense, it feels like a a reason to, to recalibrate our expectations for these young receivers, but I, I do think it's interesting 
to uh, to see the number of data points across the different levels of competition and to see where they all end up. But a lot of great points across the board there, Zach. Appreciate the call. Uh, next up, we go to Gary. Gary, you're on 8-10. What's up, Gary? How you feeling? Uh, I think we call tonight's game a WTF game. I just uh, don't know what I saw. But, you know, you talk about the Jets' offense. Let's look at Nathaniel Hackett. Two of the Broncos' best offensive games last year were against the Chiefs. Yeah. So he knew what he was going up against. Now, he knew how to prepare for this defense. He knew what to expect. And that's, like I said, the Broncos had two of their better offensive games last year. They both came against Spagnuolo. And who was the offensive coordinator? The head coach of the Broncos last year. So he knew what he was, he knew what he was going up against. A note to George Karloftis. Mm-hmm. Quarterback pressures are like shots on goal in hockey. If you're not getting them, they're, they're useless. I mean, sacks get paid. Pressures don't. I think it's great that he can get back there and rush him, but if the quarterback still got the ball in his arms and he's still able to make a play with it, the pressure's meaningless. He's got to put the quarterback on the ground. He's a step slow. He's not a freak athletically. He's just a guy that's going to rely on his motor, and this, just like the guy they drafted this year, and that's what I want to get at with this, with the skill positions. You know, you look at the draft, going just going back to this year, you talk about the short to intermediate game having problems. How nice would it be to have a Sam Laporta or a Michael Mayer out there next to Travis Kelsey in that short to intermediate game yeah. where he could be open like that. Instead, you draft a defensive end who's, and I'm going to say it, I don't think he's ever going to be anything special. He's just going to be a guy. But, you know, you can look back at that. And do the Chiefs have a phobia against receivers from big-time programs? Because if you look at some of the receivers we've passed on in recent drafts, they all come from big-time programs, and the two guys that they're counting on aren't from big-time programs, and they've never seen it all. And you look at who the leading receiver for this team was last year. Where did he go to school? USC, big-time mm-hmm. program. I just don't know if the Chiefs have a thing against that, but when you look at some of the guys they've passed on, they're, they're power five guys that they've just let go on by, and it, it's just kind of head-scratching to me if they would avoid guys from those kind of programs, guys that can make plays have been in those moments and are just better athletically than nothing against Sky Moore and Rasheed Rice, but in better hands because none of these receivers are showing the hands. And as far as MVS goes, he needs to pick it up a little because he's supposed to be the alpha in this room this year. And you talk about all the different receivers in this room, you know, it's great to have all those different flavors, but give me, if I'm a quarterback, when I'm going into the ice cream shop, I'm getting my favorite flavor every time, or I'm going to look for that flavor every time. I'm not going to be looking to spread it around at different flavors. I'll hang up and listen. Great show. Gary, some good stuff in there that I, I think is really interesting. Um, even as I will, I always like to, to pick my thing that I'm like, I don't know with you here. I, I'm i kind of in on George Karloftis, even though you said something there that we were talking about, kind of a little bit tongue-in-cheek and throughout the game, which is, hey, if George Karloftis is like a freak athlete in addition to everything else, he does have a couple of sacks tonight that he doesn't get because of that last step. On Karloftis, I think it's going to be a matter of, of properly evaluating who he is and what he's supposed to be. So figuring out how you calibrate that will be something over time. I, I am confident that Chiefs fans across the board are all going to be very glad George Karloftis is on their football team for years to come. I think he's a nice football player. FAU, work in progress, real young guy. We'll see where he ends up. I'm not, I, but I'll, I hear you. The big program thing is interesting because I don't know the answer to that one. Um, it, when we talk about you know specific guys who they've passed on, 
You know, it wasn't because he was a bigger program guy, a George Pickens or whatever. It's other things, X, Y, or Z. I don't know if that ends up being a common thread for a reason or if that's just a total coincidence, but I do think it's intriguing. My one theory would be that the Chiefs look at smaller school receivers and say, hey, we we are more confident in what we see from you and being able to help you make that translate to the NFL level so we're going to get a better receiver out of value. But I think you have less developed at that point, so it is a little bit of a bigger risk and a bigger gamble. So... That's it's an interesting thing to keep in mind, and I'm I'm kind of feeling it on the uh, hey, lots of flavors of ice cream. That's all well and good, but if I'm Patrick Mahomes, I want to know where chocolate is. I want to I want to know where where cookies and cream is. Whatever your whatever your favorite flavor might be, uh, I don't always need that Baskin Robbins every flavor under the sun. Sometimes I just would like to know that that tub over there is delicious, and I'm throwing it that way. I, I do like that analogy a lot. Uh, next up here we got Butch. Butch, you're on eight ten. What's up, Butch? How you feeling? Hey, gentlemen, man, shout out to Gary. I, I like the guy, but come on, my guy. Go ahead and put a smile on your face. How about those Chiefs, man? How about him, Butch? I love it when you guys go back-to-back. I really do. Well, well okay. How about this? All right. Can I remind people, you know what? You know what we do? I'm guilty of this, too. What happens when you go on Twitter and you look at this game? Oh, man, it's Zach Wilson. Man, he's a bum. The Chiefs should be able to blow him out 3-4. You know what? We start to believe this stuff. Yeah, we I really believe that, Butch. a professional Butch. football team is going to go out here and blow out every team they play or a team that is presupposed to be bad because they've seen a professional quarterback have some bad games of his career. He's an actual professional quarterback. And unlike the Chicago Bears, that team you just played has all pros on their team. Mm. They have actual talent. So when you pat, when you match that actual talent with a game from a QB that's playing for his career, guys, you're going to get games like this, especially on prime time on the road. But I'll tell you what, I'll give you a couple things I liked before I, before I leave. Let's go ahead and pump some sunshine if we can. Gentlemen, tackle over is working. The diversity in the run game is working. Yeah. First half against Chicago last week, they ran tackle over halfback belly to Isaiah Pacheco. He gets a touchdown in the red zone. This game, they run it from about the 50-yard line. Isaiah Pacheco on a counter from tackle over. He gets 30-plus yards and a touchdown on it. Man, that's what I like to see. You take the pressure off of your ability to not get to the outside against those guys. By the way, those guys on the outside, DJ Reed, Toss Gardner, they're pretty good. Pretty good. <laughs> this is this wasn't going to be the game where your receivers are going to pop up with 120 yards. You weren't your those verticals were going to get topped. Go ask Josh Allen how that works. Look, man, I'll say I do. I say all that to say this: when you look at this game, top to bottom. The, the the beauty of what we have going on here is the beauty of, I hate to continue to compare them to the New England Patriots, but the Patriots dynasty, those years with those teams, they had to figure out what they were from time to time. Mm-hmm. And the Chiefs are still trying to figure it out. They're still figuring out the pieces. They realize that they have a right tackle. They want to put five in the pattern and, and keep their tackles on an island. Sometimes it's working. Sometimes it's not. They're still figuring out those key moments when and where to push the button on their creativity and their structure on offense to make the to make the stuff work out, man. And I think games like this, when you end up playing good teams and games that maybe you probably would have lost in the past, you come out winning them, 
that strengthens your armor, that puts you in a position once you get to the playoffs to go back and say, hey, remember those those three, four, five plays that separated us from another team that probably should have been in the playoffs had their quarterback stayed healthy? We're going to revert back to that to help us beat the Buffalo Bills when we face them in the AFC Championship and ultimately beat them to go to another Super Bowl and win it. So savor the flavor on that. Butch, appreciate it as always, my friend. Um, it's just, I think that's all good. And I think the running game stuff is an excellent point. We talked about that a little bit early on. I We talked about this some last week. I think this might be the game that in, in five or six weeks we, we look back and go, oh, man, I forgot about that Jets game. Yeah, Taylor Swift was there, right? That one was weird. But I think that the flavor needs to be savored a little bit, Butch. I appreciate that as always. Next up, we got Matt. Matt, you're on 810. How you feeling, Matt? I'm feeling good. Thanks, brother. Hey, I, I just like the last caller, I think we need to take a step back. Our defense is playing out of their minds. They had one bad quarter and one bad drive after the half. Other than that, they played. How many points do they allow in the second half after the first drive in the, in the third quarter? Zero. So they shut down the, chief, the, the Jets offense. And I think we need to take a step back and realize that we got into a rock fight and we figured out a way to win. Yep. And doing that is going to build confidence even more with the team. They were a really good defense that's had a horrible offense that they're that they have on their team. So their defense is not going to look as good as they really are from game to game because they have a horrible offense that they are paired with. So just because they had a good quarter, basically, on offense, doesn't mean that that we should be looking into it and saying, oh, God, yeah, the Chiefs look really bad tonight. The Chiefs still controlled the whole fourth quarter, took the lead, and never and we we seem to forget that the Chiefs never were losing in this game. Yep. Yep. At all, right? Mhm. Tied it. Yeah, a little bit disconcerting. Stressful but, tie. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, but in the end they they took it they could have easily won by 10. Yes, they should have. <laughs> Right? Yeah. So, I mean, what are we thinking at the end of the day? But if we go back, at, we get into the playoffs, and we look back at the at our schedule at the end of the year, is anyone going to really care that we only won by three points? No. Tonight? No. All they're going to see is a W. And that's all the NFL cares about. Right? Yep. So, in the end, I think we needed pause. We got into a rock fight. It happens. Look at last year against Indy, and we lost, right? Mm-hmm. This year, we won, mm-hmm. right? So as as I'm marking it up, we've gotten into a couple of rock fights this year, and we're 50%. How many times are the Chiefs going to you know, lose in a rock fight? Well, considering what their past history is over the last six years, they're going to win the majority of those games, yeah. right? And it is the NFL. They get into rock fights. I mean, look at Dallas last last week with Arizona, a team that's tanking. Mm-hmm. 
right? Yep, and they lost. And and then they come back and dominate today. Yep. Everyone seems to forget about the week before, right? So, and ultimately, in the end, nobody's going to give a crap that the Chiefs struggled for a quarter and a drive at the end when they, you know, ultimately end up with if we stay stick to a three and one record every quarter of the of the season. Right, we're going to end up twelve and five, thirteen and four, mm-hmm. at worst. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So let's all take a step back. Let's calm down. Let's not overanalyze it. Let's think about the ultimate big picture. And a W is a W in the NFL. Right. Absolutely right, Matt. I, I appreciate the call. I think you're absolutely correct. And, and I'll say this as well. Again, thanks for the uh, thanks for the phone call. I think this is going to be something we have to keep in mind that I'm keeping in mind now. The reason that this game feels as ugly as it feels is because it was 17 nothing, and then it was suddenly, oh God, we're tied at 20? 17 nothing to 20-20 is not a score balance that you are comfortable with when the opposing quarterback is Zach Wilson. However, a few things that go into that are two terrible mistake interceptions from Patrick Mahomes, uh, one of which directly turned into a touchdown, some underwhelming field goal drives, bunch of punts, a second half that was about killing the clock as much as it was about scoring points in the back end. Absolutely something to all of that. I think this game feels worse than it was because my, my end to use Butch's word here, my end flavor from this game is not a particularly savorable one, but I also never actually thought they were going to lose this game. I wasn't. I did never ever consider it to be a terribly strong possibility. I have the uh, Chiefs minus four and a half live line bet to prove it. My home should have just taken that one in. Last call for at least a little bit here before we'll, we'll take a break. Come back. We'll hear from Drew Tranquil, Andy Reid, and Patrick Mahomes, uh, and then uh, and Matt Derrick of Chiefs Digest, along all that as well. But Dan is still on the line. Dan, close us out. How you feeling, man? I'm doing great, Joshua. How you doing? I say uh, Pacheco, big, nice, 115 yards and a touchdown. Noah Gray would have touched, would have touched down on the four, on the yeah big play. And uh, I say defense did really did a good job. You know, even though Zach Wilson, I was making for the one mistake. I didn't think it was going to be the fumble snap. Yep. You know, but he, he showed me something tonight. Zach Wilson to know Joe Namath should not be criticizing him now for for at least a week. You know, and uh, let's see. Oh, take care of the Vikings. Take care of yourself, Joshua. Dan, I appreciate it, and I'm with you, man. I mean, I, I hate to say it because I was also right there being a hater, but yeah, I feel like Joe Namus got to get off Zach Wilson's bleep for at least a week. Give him at least one. He, he played some okay football out there tonight against what I still do certainly believe is a very good Chiefs defense. Just a weird game. Not that that's anything that we shouldn't already have been expecting. We'll take a timeout. We uh, will hear from Drew Tranquil, Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, Matt Derrick, four very important uh, contributors to the cause of the Kansas City Chiefs. We'll talk to them, hear from them over the remainder of the show. A lot more to break down here on the Sports Radio 810 WHP Postgame Show. Halfway through the fourth. Wilson lost it on that snap. And was that recovered by Wharton inside? Yes. Comes away with it for Kansas City. It had been such a good night for Zach Wilson, and a mistake there with the snap. And the dance moves belong to the defense for the Chiefs. 
The defense needed a big play. They found it there. That's our defensive play of the game brought to you by Slegel Fence. Slegel Fence, as Kansas City's preferred fence company, has been serving the KC metro areas for over a decade, offering security and style. Call 816-863-6159 or go to slegelfence.com for your free estimate. It really did just feel like it was going to be a matter of time before there was a Zach Wilson mistake, a Zach Wilson turnover. That ends up being the one there. And then with seven and a half minutes left, there was certainly no guarantee that the uh, the game was going to get locked up around then. But it was because the Chiefs milked the clock and took it from there. Again, as a, a, a little testament as to where we stand with the Chiefs' defense... I believed that play was coming, and frankly, even as a you know a bit of an optimist uh, about where this team stands on a lot of things, if the defense would have given up a field goal there, I think it would have just been a field goal, and I would have been happy to see the Chiefs driving down to have to just go get some points. We clearly saw the way that it ended up going. They had a touchdown. Mahomes just slid short to uh, to go ahead and ice the game there instead of keeping it all in action, which is fine. And uh, it's still a good football team. We saw the Jets just look better than we had seen them look in recent weeks. I think that's a little bit disconcerting, a little bit alarming. I still have my concerns about the young wide receivers. But ultimately, a team victory and uh, a good stand by the Chiefs defense. We'll shortly hear from uh, Drew Tranquil, one of the members of the defense, two games in a row at that Mike Linebacker spot without Nick Bolton. And that's going to be our Locker Room Report presented by Twin Peaks. Patrick Mahomes press conference. The Chiefs locker room report is brought to you by Twin Peaks. No one does football like Twin Peaks. Whatever your preference, they have everything from tequila cocktails and an extensive bourbon category to top shelf spirits and cocktails served over ice balls. Local craft beers and handcrafted whiskey cocktails round out an adventurous drink menu, second to none. And don't forget about their 29 degree man sized drafts at Twin Peaks. Let's hear from Drew Tranquil as he spoke to the media following the Chiefs' victory in New York. Yeah, we didn't spy him for four years, and we paid the price heavily. <laughs> well, first I'd like to give hats off to Zach Wilson, the, the Jets' offense, um, their OC Hackett. Uh, they had a great plan, and for as much criticism as, as they've taken, I thought Zach came out and, and made some really, really good throws. I thought he competed, and I thought their entire offense competed. Um, the world champs coming into your house, and, and the way they competed down 14 or 17 points, uh, hats off to those guys. They really gave us a tough battle tonight. It was a good one. Drew, what does, what does it do for you to win a game like this, kind of grind it out as opposed to putting it away early? Yeah, I think to be a world champion, you have to be able to win in a lot of different styles. Um, and every game is going to be different. Um, last week, we jumped out to a big lead against Chicago, and we're able to hold on to that and um, kind of make them one-dimensional on offense. This week, we jump out to a big lead. Suddenly, their defense bows up, gets a safety. We're on our heels. Pat throws a couple interceptions. They get a couple turnovers, playing good ball on defense. And now we're forced in a, in a tough game, close game there in the fourth quarter. So you just got to learn to win a lot of different ways, and we were able to do that tonight. You guys recovered that fumble. There was like seven and a half minutes left, and you didn't have to go back on the field. What's that like watching your offense kill that much time? Mm. Well, that's, yeah, that's why 15 is the greatest in the world is even 
even on a night when he throws two or three picks, whatever it was, for him to be able to convert on third and 20 with his legs, for him to be able to convert on third and eight down there to close out the game. It speaks to the toughness of our offensive line. It speaks to the, the toughness and the grit of the entire offensive personnel. And then the belief this organization has in one five to get the job done. He was able to get it done. Um, outstanding job by the offense there in the fourth quarter to close the game out. Drew, was there something that happened to change, like the turning point after the safety? Was there something that the offense was doing that you saw differently after that? I just think it's a, a game of momentum, and I think the Jets were able to capitalize with some momentum there. Uh, they get two points. They get a turnover. They get a field goal. Now they're feeling a little bit. Zach makes some incredible throws. They get down there in the goal line. They have some great play calls. Suddenly the game's, you know, 12 to, to 20 or 12 to 17, whatever it is, and it's a close ball game. So um, I think it's a game of momentum, and they were able to capitalize on the big plays they made tonight. What did you guys do to kind of come back, obviously, after halftime? Was there something you guys did differently or adjusted? Well, I think defensively, right, they got us on our heels a little bit there towards the end of the first half. Um, we were able to bow up there in the two-minute, um, get the sack there um, to, to kind of end things and, and not let them get points on the board. I think the biggest thing was Spags came in the locker room and says, hey, we still have to play with the confidence and trust in one another that we've had throughout this entire season. And I think you saw that come out there in the second half, and we were able to close the door on them. Hey, Drew, I don't know if you were around, but Andy said that Pat said something in the locker room to the guys after his two interceptions. If you were around, um, what would you hear from him? And if not, I guess, what did you see from him after those two interceptions? Uh, you talking about in the locker room after yeah. the game? Or halftime, he said, after the two interceptions, he just was talking to guys. I think he just said, I've got your back. And I think everybody believes him when he says that, right? He's he's the best. He's the best at position. Um, and whenever he has the ball in his hands, you know, we have a belief that he's going to get the job done. Drew, you talked about Zach a little bit. Um, he had some up and downs, you know, the first couple of games of the season. Did he do anything special today? Man, he played with uh, with good moxie, with good poise. He made some throws into some tight windows. Um, you know, one there on me to the tight end, back shoulder down the seam, incredible throw. Um, I think he threw one on our, our other linebacker, Leo Chanel. Great throw, back shoulder throw, and then he gets the throw to the tight end in the end zone uh, to complete the drive. Um, was able to get the ball to Garrett Wilson, their best playmaker. Um, and I thought, you know, schematically they did a good job of, of getting him quick rhythm throws to get him going. But when it came down to it, he had to stand in the pocket a few times and make some tough throws downfield, and he did that. And um, I think we should all respect him for that. He's, he got gutsy performance against the world champs coming in his house tonight. Thanks, guys. Drew Tranquil, even press conferences like a middle linebacker. I mean, that's, that is a, a quarterback of the defense at the podium right there. Uh, but he's right. I mean, in a lot of ways, it was an impressive performance from Zach Wilson, at least judging on the Zach Wilson scale of recent weeks and, and recent years. And uh, overall, that defense did do plenty to keep the Chiefs in the game. And then Mahomes is able to, uh, as Drew Tranquil said a couple times there, be the best in the world, keeping that drive open with his legs and uh, being an absolute force there offensively. The Chiefs kill seven and a half minutes and get out of New Jersey with a three-point victory. We'll take another quick timeout here on the Sports Radio 810 WHB postgame show. Joshua Briscoe, Dylan Michaels, and Covell Hudson with you here for the evening. We'll hear from Andy Reid when we come back here on Sports Radio 810 WHB. Almost caught in the backfield. Instead, into the open field and accelerating. Pacheco in for the touchdown. The Jersey kid back in his home state for six. Sometimes the running backs are the stars, and sometimes it's the guard that's the star. Watch number 65, Trey Smith, right here. Way up. 
talking about opening up a hole, and then Pacheco, you forget how fast he is. That is one of their corners, DJ Reed, giving chase to no avail. A tremendous run from Isaiah Pacheco. That's our sweet play of the game, brought to you by Andy's Frozen Custard. Introducing Cannoli Thunder Concrete at Andy's Frozen Custard. This Italian stallion of flavors is made with fresh vanilla frozen custard, crispy cannoli shells, sweet cream filling, and chocolate chips. Go to eatandys.com for the location nearest you. That's eatandys.com. It really was a blast, as it always is, to watch Isaiah Pacheco in the open field to see him uh, moving up and down that uh, the gridiron in the way that, that truly is is unique to perhaps only him. Uh, I, I don't know what what makes a guy the best runner or the most fun runner or the most explosive runner in football, but I certainly consider Pacheco to be amongst my absolute favorite to watch just with the football in his hands. Always a blast to see him. Uh, having a, an effort like he did tonight. And again, against a good Jets defense, that is something the Chiefs are able to do relatively successfully, relatively consistently. Um, I saw a tweet at some point uh, of somebody saying, hey, look, I mean, the Chiefs had one sack and 200 yards rushing against the Jets. That's a hell of a day for the offensive line and for the running game. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to poke a real small hole in that just as a part of the overall larger evaluation. One, stats are kind of a quarterback stat, and Mahomes was buying time and finding his way into space frequently. I'll be interested to see on a rewatch, you know, if he, was he bailing from clean pockets? There were some occasions where he was definitely not bailing from clean pockets. But also, 50 of those rushing yards came from Mahomes. Those count, and they're good, but it's not the way the play's drawn up. You know, third and 22... Everything takes forever. Guys get way downfield. Your old line buys you time. That's wonderful. But then Mahomes just had a, a 25-yard sprint to uh, to get his way into space and to move the chains. So, look, the, the, the almost six yards per carry from Pacheco, totally legit, 1,000%. Um, the, you know, little Sky Moore kind of end-around stuff, legit. Jarrett McKinnon, Clyde Edwards-Elair, not big days, not a ton of work, but those are real carries. So... Mahomes gets a lot of the credit, both in the running game and in the sack avoidance. But still, that's a wonderful thing to see from Isaiah Pacheco. Uh, It'll also be good to hear from the Chiefs head coach, to hear what Andy Reid thinks about uh, the entire team's effort, but certainly the uh, the offensive effort first and foremost. The head coach's press conference is brought to you by Robert Brogdon's Olathe Buick GMC and Olathe Kia and Westlake Hardware. First, Robert Brogdon's Olathe Buick GMC and Olathe Kia. Get a worry-free money-back guarantee on new vehicles when you buy from Brogdon. Visit brogdonautomotive.com. Also brought to you by Westlake Commercial, a division of Westlake A's Hardware. It's your business-to-business supply partner. Their commercial team, dedicated business-to-business website, credit terms, and convenient store locations make it easy. Visit your local Westlake Ace Hardware store or westlakehardware.com slash commercial today. We'll start from the top with Andy Reid getting his opening statements and the injury report following the Chiefs' 23-20 victory over the New York Jets. All right. Um... We just had one injury there, so Cole Christensen uh, pulled his hamstring. So uh, he'd be the only one to to mention. Proud of our guys for battling through 
uh, the night. There were some changes in momentum there. We were able to get it back and did a nice job of uh, swinging things back the right way. And, um, I, you know, if I had to pick somebody out there, I'd pick Pacheco out for the nice job that he had tonight. And, and then for our corners for figuring out what they were doing and shutting them down. So it was, a, it was good all the way around there. Anyways, with that time's yours. Don't know if that meant a game ball for Isaiah Pacheco. Uh, I would imagine it did. Again, you go back to the home state, even though, again, he was more of an Eagles fan, South Jersey, all of that, as opposed to um, the Meadowlands and whatnot. But, again, home state and the, the biggest offensive performance of the night, and, and I think probably just the performance of the night for the Chiefs from Isaiah Pacheco, uh, or as Andy Reid's been calling him the whole time he's been here, Pacheco. And maybe he's right. I don't know, but I'm I'm pretty... Uh, pretty much have my roots set on Pacheco. Maybe, uh, I don't know if the Chiefs tell me it's Pacheco. I'll, I'll follow Andy Reid there as well. But uh, a huge night for him. What about from the quarterbacking side, though? This chunk uh, of audio has plenty of uh, back and forth questions and answers with Andy Reid, but a lot having to do with Mahomes, both the good and the bad, starting with that last scramble. Yeah, that was, um, that was a good one. We had something else called, uh, but it was a good job by him. Uh, and you can see how competitive he is. And he knew he was off a tick that first half, got back on it, and did a nice job the second half. I was going to ask you about that. You know, we don't see him struggle that often, but how did you see him respond after the two interceptions? Yeah, it was great. He, you know, he, he said something during halftime. He said, you know, we'll figure it out here, and I'll get it right, and he, he did. So, <clears throat> What was impressive about Pacheco tonight? Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, how hard he ran. <laughs> My voice is gone. <clears throat> Might have to call this off. <laughs> the last drive uh, takes up seven minutes and 24 seconds, but it only goes about like 40 yards. That's looking water girl in the league. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, seven minutes, it only takes up half the field. But I'm impressed with you to yeah. be able to take up all that time to not go that far. <clears throat> yeah, that was important. Um, that fourth quarter, I mean, just the, you know, we had the ball quite a, quite a bit. That's a good defense, too. I mean, that's one of the better defenses in the National Football League. So they do, they do a great job there. And their quarterback, you know, for a BYU guy, he was on fire, you know. I'm proud of him for that really gave you a battle there that entire game. This game play out any differently than maybe what you were expecting coming into it at all? I didn't expect the high and the low part of it. You know, we started off like gangbusters and had a lot of yards and then between turnovers and some penalties, you know, it changed up a little bit. But, um, you know, I, that's a loaded question. So I'm, I'm always expecting our guys to do good. So. Um, it, the uh, the details there on Andy Reid having a little bit of his voice going and getting the water there and the uh, best-looking water girl in the league, as he said there. Uh, Jesse Newell, who's out there covering the game for the, the Kansas City Star, tweeted, Andy Reid was struggling with a cough during the post-game press conference. His wife, Tammy, brought a water bottle up to the podium for him. Quote, best-looking water girl in the league, he said with a smile. So there's your uh, the, the surrounding context for uh, something that may have been confusing there, just audio only. Nothing confusing about his answer of the expectations in the game. I mean, he's right that, like, there's a little bit of a, I, I, you know, a loaded question. Is, it makes it sound 
uh, vengeful, which I, I certainly don't think the, the question asker was, was being, um, you know, tricky about it. But, I mean, it's a loaded question because you, you, you're kind of wondering, making me say, like, hey, did I think the Jets were going to roll over? Uh, no, but uh, whatever. But surprised by the highs and the lows of, of the performance, I think, is, is an interesting little extra note for, for what Andy Reid was, was focusing on there. And he did mention, you know, the BYU guy, Zach Wilson, uh, being on fire for a good chunk of the game here. Andy Reid talks again about a whole bunch of stuff, hopefully got the voice all figured out and uh, starts off by, by talking a little bit about Zach Wilson and uh, how he played compared to Andy Reid's expectations. Yeah. Oh, we know he's a good athlete. He's got a um, big arm. Um, so, I, listen, I, we know that he's got the talent there. He's a young guy, so and it's hard to have patience in New York. I know that. I, I understand. How proud are you of the defense after that safety? Uh, they got down, you know, inside the ten, big hell of field goal. Yeah. they missed the field goal as well. Yeah, field position wasn't. We we weren't putting him in great field position, but we uh, defensively, we you know, we kind of had our back to the wall after that first series, and and other guys they bowed up there. Very nice. Andy, one of the big plays was that hold on MBS that Sauce Gardner had. What did you what did you see on that one? Yeah, listen, I thought it was a hold. I've, I've got to go back and look at the the tape on it. He was on the other side of the field, but um, they're aggressive, and so they're going to get a couple of those uh, during the game. And you know, Sauce is as good as there is in the league. He might have had a little bit of uh, fabric there. Andy, you kind of touched on just uh, Patrick Mahomes when things aren't working out for him. Um, what clicks in his mind where he's going to find other ways to do it? Yeah, he's just so competitive. Never gets down on himself that way. Um, uh, he has that, I'll fix it. I got it. We'll fix it. Um, just keep keep pounding. So, yeah, he's got that type of mentality. Uh, was there anything about Isaiah this week, knowing he's coming back home to New Jersey, playing in front uh, you know, in New Jersey, probably friends and family. Hey, you saw the team that you knew yeah, he was excited to come back. He was very excited to come back. Um, he's Jersey proud, man. So um, I haven't gone to Rutgers, grew up here, so on. So um, but he had quite a night. He certainly did. And look, I mean, I, I have to imagine that Isaiah Pacheco is excited to go to the grocery store every day or whatever. I, I imagine that. He's probably pretty excited to get up and go to the bathroom in the morning. He just seems like he's excited all the time. So if you ever see Isaiah Pacheco and he doesn't seem excited to be somewhere, let me know because that is going to be one of my signs of the apocalypse. But currently, of course, had extra juice going back to Jersey for uh, that game tonight and putting out a fabulous effort. Uh, I imagine that he got the game ball from Andy Reid after putting a little bit of thought into it. I I don't know for sure, but I do know what he can get. He can get the green light presented by Green Light Dispensary. He is absolutely my recipient there. Green Light Dispensary, outstanding customer service, superior product, and continuously voted Missouri's best. Open from 10 a.m. to 8 p.m. seven days a week. Find a location near you at greenlightdispensary.com. That's their menu, their hours, their locations, everything near you at greenlightdispensary.com. 
Com. We'll take a break here in the Sports Radio 810 WHB Post Game Show. I am Joshua Briscoe, Dylan Michaels on the other side of the glass, and Covell Hudson producing all around the building. We'll take a timeout. We'll come back and hear from Patrick Mahomes very shortly. We'll talk to Matt Derrick coming up, plus continue to break down a few more of the tidbits from this game. It's an interesting, weird victory for the Kansas City Chiefs, winning that one 23-20 over the Jets. More post game next. Made 45 50 plus yard field goals in his career. Greg off the upright and no good. And the Chiefs will get the ball with two timeouts in good field position. Their own 42. A doink from Greg the Leg. Legatron. Doinks one. That is our ugly play of the game brought to you by We Buy Ugly Houses. Owning a house can be a problem, an ugly problem. Repairs, taxes, mowing the yard. Let We Buy Ugly Houses be the solution. Call 1-800-44-BUYER or go to webuyuglyhouses.com. You know, I love it when we're just talking about, we're talking about how important it is that, you know, coaches sometimes, teams just got to take the points. You know, you got three points there. You just got to take them. Three free points. Three free. Automatic. Totally 100%. Guaranteed. Absolute. Three points. Take them instead of going for it on fourth down. Maybe moving the football in a more meaningful way. Giving yourself an opportunity to beat a better team playing on your home field. Nope, not the way the Jets went, and frankly, the Chiefs and uh, Andy Reid had a couple of fourth and shorts that I wouldn't have minded seeing some more aggression from, but I also do understand the opponent through it all. Uh, Again, I think that today ultimately will be remembered as the Chiefs winning a sort of uninspired game over the Jets, because unimpressive isn't quite fair. The, the, The Jets are just... The Jets are complicated because they were good enough to beat the Bills, who today, crushing the Dolphins, looked like the best team in football. But they beat the Bills in a game that started with Aaron Rodgers, but barely had any Aaron Rodgers at all. Then they got throttled by the Cowboys, who got beat by the Cardinals, but then looked dominant again today. Then they lose to the Patriots by just a few points. The Patriots at times look a little bit frisky, and then today look like an absolute, uh, an absolute nightmare against that same Cowboys team. So, are the Jets worse than the Cowboys and Patriots? And by by you know the 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 what's the the the, the mathematical term for? One thing working for the other, the formula. For, there's a specific word for it, but math was never my strong suit. Are the are the, the, the Jets worse than the Patriots and Cowboys and by extension the teams they've lost to? Or are they, are they better than the Bills and so high-flying that they could also, just like the Bills did, totally handle business against the Dolphins when they have to play them twice later this year. And the the truth is, of course, it's somewhere in between. And there's not a 
I got it. Transitive property. That's the word I was looking for. That was the phrase. There, there's not a perfect transitive property that works throughout the entirety of the NFL. That's obviously not how it actually functions. But I do think that somewhere in that conflict is why this game is going to be a tough one to really pinpoint in terms of what matters, what doesn't. What's real, what isn't. What should we care about? What should we forget about as soon as we see our heads hit the pillow tonight? And that's why I've got a, I've got my my share of positives and my share of negatives. I do care that the Chiefs' young wide receivers basically turned to ghosts against a really good secondary. Now, the Chiefs might not play a secondary this good again the rest of the year. They may not have to actually clear that threshold in the playoffs. This might be as difficult as it, be, as it comes. If that's the case, tremendous. We know what the floor looks like now. But there will be times where they go up against defenses that have good defensive backs. And is the offense going to look frustrated and constipated during that time? We've seen this defense look fantastic. I, I remain a, a believer. Giving up 18 points tonight. Obviously two of those points were in the offense. So giving up 18 points defensively tonight isn't enough to totally shake me. It's not a horrible outing. And they had long stretches of holding their own. But they let Zach Wilson look like a competent NFL quarterback again. And that's also kind of weird. So should I feel good about the defense or bad about the defense? That, that is why this game, to me, more than anything else, I think this game is going to be remembered rightfully and reasonably. I think this game is going to be remembered as a game of conflicts. Because it doesn't all quite settle in to easy, easy little labels that you could just slap on. All right, now the Chiefs are this, now the Jets are this. Now it's easy. Now we move on. Which in that way is also kind of fun. But it's going to be weird, man. The next like stretch of, of the next few games for the Chiefs, as, as they get closer to Germany, they go from at New York to next week, next week, excuse me, next week going to Minnesota. Against a Kirk Cousins Vikings team that just has some of the most impossible to decode vibes anywhere in football. They just, you talk about a weird team. Then they get the Broncos who ripped victory out of the bare jaws of defeat. They get the Chargers who continue to look like they don't necessarily want to win games, but keep being in games where someone has to win them. Then it's right back to the Broncos again, and then it's the Dolphins in Germany. And right now, the, the Chiefs and Dolphins both have one loss in common. Not that they lost the same team, but they both have the, the shared fact of having one loss. And it sets up for a fascinating matchup that we're still just a long ways away from. 
It's kind of fun. It's kind of interesting. It's kind of chaotic. Welcome to the NFL and welcome to Sports Radio 810 WHB Kansas City. Joshua Briscoe, Dylan Michaels, and Covell Hudson with you here for the evening, breaking this all down. Dylan, I heard you t- hit a button over there and it made a noise in my headphone, but I didn't hear any words that you actually said. Um, so can we uh, can we start hearing from uh, from Patrick Mahomes? Let's go ahead and start doing that. Then we'll hear from the quarterback himself. And the uh, QB's press conference is brought to you by Kansas City Acura Dealers. As our hometown team in red marches towards another epic year, visit your Kansas City Acura accurate excuse me your Kansas City area Acura dealers, uh, and you can score jaw dropping deals on new and pre owned Acura models. Plus, get overpaid for your trade shop your Kansas City area Acura dealers. Thanks again to your Kansas City area Acura dealers. Time to hear from the QB himself, Patrick Mahomes, speaking to the media after the game, running the gamut here over a few topics, but beginning with his overall outlook on the Chiefs' victory. Um, I mean, it was definitely a fight. Um, we came out hot, obviously struggled, made two just bad throws um, where I was trying to lay it over a linebacker and a safety, and I just didn't throw it far enough and hit the dude right in the chest. Stuff that you can't do. Um, but I was, I was proud of how the guys fought. I mean, obviously the defense kept us in it. Um, and then the offense had two drives in the fourth quarter where we, we had sustained drives, and that, that's a good defense. So uh, I'm proud of that, but obviously a lot to learn from and a lot to correct. You guys killed the last, I think, seven and a half minutes with the ball, similar to the way the Jacksonville game ended. Why have you guys been so good in those situations? Yeah, it was just guys responding. Um, obviously, we didn't play to, to, to our level in that kind of that second, third quarter. Um, but guys responded and kept just pushing. Um, and that's good things to see. I mean, a little similar to last year, it's not always going to be pretty uh, for four quarters, especially when you're playing a good defense like that. Um, but whenever the opportunity arises, it's about going down there and, and finishing. And obviously, we didn't do that the first game. And I'm glad that we were, we've been able to do that in these last few. Yeah, it depends on what you do with this, right, whether it's serves you well to have a game like this, but what do you feel like in some way it does, I don't know, the reality check, what, what, what is it? What does the game do for you? Think? Yeah, no, um, that's a good defense. I mean, I knew it was going to be a fight going against that defense. Uh, I thought it was kind of almost out of the norm to start that fast um, against them, but I think just learning, correcting, um, trying to learn from our mistakes. Obviously, I have to be better with the, the football, can't turn it over um, and put that pressure on our defense, but they stepped up for me, um, and so uh, – uh, it's it's football. It's NFL, and not everything's going to be easy. You have to find a way to win uh, different ways, and uh, I've learned that over my career. That's certainly true. I mean, games do take on different identities all the time, and, and the more diverse ways you can win them, the better chance you're going to have of finding one of those ways that works on any given Sunday. Uh, but also, you know, sometimes some wins are a little smoother and a little more fun than others. But you have to imagine if you're Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, you like to be able to prove that you can grind one out, right? Yeah, no, proving you can grind it out. I think proving that you, that you can have two or three quarters where you literally aren't scoring. You're not scoring. Um, nothing's going well. And how do you guys respond whenever the going gets tough? And I thought the guys responded well. And um, we were behind the chains a lot, um, even on those drives. And we were able to fight our way to get those first downs. And so um, it definitely was a it was a tough battle, but I was glad we found a way to get the win. What's the message from the coach at halftime? Um, I think it was just kind of just let's just keep playing together, keep fighting. Um I, I knew, I mean, I took accountability on it. I knew I'd put us in two bad positions at the end of the half and in the early second quarter. And so I think just um, no one points fingers in that locker room. We all play together. Um, and, uh, you know, not everything's going to be pretty. Um, but uh, the guys responded. We came together and found a way to get a win. Andy said you, when you kind of get in that situation, you like to fix it. You like to fix things. How do you respond when things aren't working out the way that you're 
yeah, I've just I've just learned to you can only control the next play. Um, you can only go out there and and do what you need to do for that next play. Nothing in the past matters. Um, and I don't know if it's coming from Texas Tech or how I played growing up. It's just you, you keep you keep throwing it. You keep putting it out there and let your guys have chances. Um, you can't worry about the uh, interceptions that have happened in the past. You have to keep fighting, and uh, that's something that I believe in. And obviously, I try to be more careful with the football. Um, um, but at the same time, I have to be me. I have to go out there and give guys chances to make plays. Um, that's what I try to do. Of course, you talk about you talk about being you. I think it's, I mean, I think it's just the whole team, honestly. I mean, it's everybody. No one ever uh, points fingers on this team. I, I don't think not just me. I think uh, at everybody, um, if something goes bad. You pick that guy up and you keep fighting. Um, and that, that's why I think we've won a lot of football games here um, is that it doesn't always have to be perfect, but we're going to respond and have each other's back. Um, and that's what makes great football teams. Being able to have that both from your quarterback and for your quarterback is obviously a very important thing as you're figuring out what it takes to, you know, win important and and uh, prime time and many, many football games. You've got to continue to have that, that ability to, to do it a number of different ways like we talked about after the last clip. All that tied together here, kind of the theme of the night, it sounds like, for uh, Patrick Mahomes. Next up here, he, we have uh, the, the first question will be about being fired up after that last run when Mahomes scrambles for the first down, slides in bounds, and effectively kills the game there. He also talks about the uh, the interceptions, how the teams come around this first month of the season. But first, the uh, the scramble and the first down coming up and uh, giving the first down sign of the crowd. Yeah, I mean, we just needed that. We needed that play at that time. Um, we're trying to get into the field goal range. We're trying to do what we can to get, keep the defense off the field. They've been playing their tail off in that second half. Um, I'm a little upset. I kind of stumbled. I was thinking I could maybe get around the side a little bit. Um, but, uh, I mean, it was a big first down, um, and then we were able to kind of keep it moving uh, down the field. Uh, I've told you, I've told a lot of people, I mean, I'm, I'm faster than people think. I don't run pretty, so people think I'm slow, but uh, I move a little bit better than people think. Patrick, it's, it's the two interceptions that you touched on briefly, it's kind of similar plays it looked like, but I'm wondering if you could just take us through what, what you saw. Yeah, it's just, it's just being greedy, man. Um, just got to throw the ball away. Um, they, they covered both the plays well, um, but instead of just throwing the ball away, I try to make perfect throws um, where I tried the one to Noah. I saw the guy underneath it. I thought I could throw it to the sideline, him or nobody, maybe get it, catch it on the sideline first down. Um, and obviously didn't throw it good enough, hit the dude right in the chest. And the same with Travis. I mean, we're in that, that situation where I'm trying to get uh, at least Harrison in field goal range, and they're they're dropping for depth. And I thought Trav had beat his guy, but the whole player was there. Um, and I thought I could throw it over him, um, and obviously I couldn't. And so he made a good play on it. And so it's just you just got to know when you can take those chances. And obviously that time at those points in the game, I can't I can't do that. I got to throw the football away and just live to play another play. All right, we're gonna go with these three gentlemen in the back. And we're gonna finish up here. Patrick, are you satisfied with the way the teams come around here with the first month of the season? <clears throat> yeah, I mean it's it's always good when you find a ways to win. Um, I, I think I've I've learned in my six or seven years it's. It's, you can win pretty, but you have to win ugly, too, in order to win Super Bowls. And so, uh, for me, um, it's it's always – even though I, I hate it that while it's happening, I feel like it makes you better in the end if you win games like this where not everything's going perfect. And so, uh, um, we did that last year, and we're going to try to do that again this year and then try to keep getting better. And so, we're playing our best football at the end of the season. Interesting on the interceptions there where I, I was curious to see if it was going to be – Anything other than just him throwing a couple of balls that he's unhappy with, and it, it really was just that. Also, sit not to pile on here, he's aware, but situationally terrible, both of them. Those those were both, uh, the, the second one was 
at the, toward the very end of the half, so the, the Jets end up getting the ball back, but not with much time to do anything with it. But both of those were the first plays of the drive. It wasn't like they were picks you threw on third and 15 trying to make something happen downfield and you, you settle for an arm punt. I mean, th- those were those were ugly, and uh, you've, you've now heard uh, Mahomes' explanation for them. So uh, interesting and, 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 you know, kind of... Uh, where the team stands now. Also, I think that was him talking about the the 25-yard scramble, not the one that actually iced it there, but I'm not sure. He, he did a lot with his legs tonight. And uh, when you can when you can make Patrick Mahomes a true dual-threat quarterback, I think that's an okay thing for the Chiefs. Uh, here we have Mahomes talking about uh, playing in MetLife Stadium for the first time, Isaiah Pacheco playing in front of that uh, hometown crowd, and uh, also yet another record on the table for Mahomes, but starting off with uh, his first time playing in Jersey. No, it was it was awesome, honestly. Um, I got to come here for, uh, my first year twice, two, two times in three weeks, but obviously didn't get to play in the game. Um, but the atmosphere was awesome Sunday night. I mean, from the intros all the way to the end of the game, the fans were in it. Um, and my, my dad played for the Mets, and so I know the fans really support their teams. And so uh, I, I was glad to, to be here and get to play in the, the same state and kind of the same type of fan base that my dad played in. Uh, follow up on that was like Isaiah Pacheco kind of coming back to New Jersey, just uh, his game, the way he played today in front of the fans that he grew up with. Yeah, no, he's uh, I call him, he's Jersey's own, man. He, he went to Rutgers. He played, he played in Jersey. He loves it. Kind of how I, I am with Texas. He has a lot of pride in it. And so I could see it from the first snap. You could see it in his eyes. Like, this meant more to him. And uh, he did a great job catching the ball, running the ball. Um, I, mean, I mean, he put up great – I haven't looked at the stats. He put up great stats and, and made some big runs when we really needed them. Last three, Adam. Actually, you got the 200 TD record tonight. Is that – number one, does that mean anything? And number two, did you keep the ball? I don't even what, – what's the, what's the – what is the record? 200. Um yeah, I mean it means it means a ton um, because you, I guess the people that are on the list, the quarterbacks that have came before me, um, but uh, I mean you just got to keep going. I mean the game has changed, so I think someone will pass me uh, before before too long, and so you just go out there and keep playing. And the one thing that doesn't change is Super Bowls, so I'm gonna try to keep getting those. I mean, like incredible comedic timing to say, I so, what's the record? Yeah, no, it means a ton. I that means so much to me. I thank you for bringing that up. That record that was what now? N- nothing there is surprising. It is all completely in character for Patrick Mahomes, but it is also very funny. Last thing here on Mahomes asked if he was surprised how much grass he had to work with on that long scramble, and uh, also taking a, a bigger picture look at this Chiefs team. No, um, the offensive line first off did a good job blocking. Um, that that pass rush is, I mean, this top one of the top in the NFL at the top, and and it kind of opened up. Um, but there was a lot of attention, which I mean, that while there was a flag, there was a lot of attention on Travis, which is, I mean, important. And so once he kind of went to the right, he took like three people with him, and it opened up for me. Um, and so, uh, like I said, I, I like I said, I'm a little faster than people think I am. So uh, maybe one day I'll get a spy. Uh, that's that's my goal. If I can get a get a spy, that that I'll know I've made it. Patrick, uh, talking to teammates and stuff on one through the half, some adversity. Uh, talking to Trenton talked about uh, Chris Jones and, and Spags talking about the brotherhood. After a quarter of the season is already gone, what's the character to make with a team that you've seen? You talked about adversity and the different types of wins that you all have. Different types of wins that you all have. Yeah, I know. I mean, we a lot of the guys, even though they're young, we've been together now. We've played in a lot of different style of football games. Um, and we, we've gotten better from it. Um, and so whenever, like I was saying earlier, I mean, like whenever –
stuff's going bad. No one's pointing fingers. We, I just believe the defense is going to get a stop when we need to get a stop. And the defense believes in me that I'm going to find a way for them to get the offense going and score points. And every time we, I mean, every time we're walking in and kind of crossing from the defense going off and the offense going off both, both ways, it's like, Hey, we got you. Or, Hey, I, I, I got you right here. Um, and I think that's, that's, that's a true brotherhood is that we, we believe in each other whenever times are tough. Um, that's why you find, we find ways to win games like this. There you have it, Patrick Mahomes, right here on the Sports Radio 810 WHB postgame show. It is, of course, a team victory and a very good football team at that. But a sort of odd three-point win over the Jets. We'll talk more about it on the other side of this timeout. Plus, hopefully we'll hear from Matt Derrick of Chiefs Digest. I know he's got a lot of plates spinning out there as he uh, attempts to get everything cooking over on ChiefsDigest.com. But we'll uh, talk to Matt at some point as the show rolls on before we wrap everything up here as we break down the Chiefs' victory 23-20 over the New York Jets. And another big play. This time it is Gray with his first of the year. And the Chiefs are rolling. Well, you're going to get so much attention on Kelsey, right? There he is. Everybody is paying attention to him, including Jordan Whitehead, who, oh, by the way, also had the other tight end, Noah Gray. But you can't help yourself. When it's third and three and you get a chance to get off the field, you know where they like to go, and that's Travis Kelsey. Hard to not get distracted. That Noah Gray touchdowns are play of the game brought to you by Central Bank of the Midwest. At Central Bank of the Midwest, every customer is a first-round draft pick. Central Bank of the Midwest, strong roots, endless possibilities. Member FDIC. You know, I didn't I didn't know if I was going to mention this today, but according to my research, I believe that all of the diabetic tight ends in the NFL scored touchdowns today. All of the type one, as to my knowledge, all two of the type one diabetic tight ends in the NFL scored touchdowns today. That's uh, one for Noah Gray, one for Mark Andrews. Thank you. <laughs> Applause provided by Dylan Michaels. I am the uh, diabetic Joshua Briscoe. That's a, probably a weird, you got to assume that I got some sort of connection for that very weird little Easter egg, I suppose. Uh, but the Easter egg's in my pancreas and I can't find it. Uh, Dylan Michaels on the side of the glass. I'm Joshua Briscoe, Covell Hudson, producing the effort as well. Now joined by our superstar, Matt Derrick, brought to you by Cap One Lending. The Freedom Loan at Cap One Lending is the exclusive loan that helps you pay your home off in less than half the time and gives you access to your home's equity without having to refinance. Go to CapOneLending.com. That's C-A-P-O-N-E Lending.com. You can also go to ChiefsDigest.com. To read more from Matt. Matt, this was sort of a weird one, my friend. I uh, I don't know where you're starting, but I'm starting with Zach Wilson being back. <laughs> uh, Zach Wilson had a little stretch there, didn't he? He did. He had a little stretch. I mean, it was probably aided a little bit by some 50-50 balls going their way, mm-hmm. or if you believe next-gen stats, some 30-70 balls going <laughs> their way. Um I, I was having a hard time deciding there for a while if this was just Zach Wilson figuring things out or if it was Zach Wilson just throwing some passes that normally get intercepted, and today they were catching them, um, and the Chiefs weren't making plays on them. Uh, I, I kind of feel like it was the latter. 
I mean, I don't think that Zach Wilson is fixed, but there's no doubt. I mean, the, the Jets for, I would say, two quarters, maybe two and a half quarters, I mean, went toe-to-toe with the Chiefs, and they were maybe the better team for a period of time. Yeah, and I, I think that there is room somewhere within the grand scope of reasonability that maybe Zach Wilson hasn't been he maybe 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 final Zach Wilson isn't the absolute dumpster fire that, that we have seen since he had to take over for Aaron Rodgers. But I uh, I need to calibrate again on the Chiefs defense. You were a little bit of a uh, you you were you were leaving the diving board on Friday, but had not yet hit the water in terms of believing in the Chiefs defense. How do you take the the overall uh, spectacle of of the game tonight? What what does that change for you, if anything, just in terms of where you're at on the Chiefs defense? I mean, I'm not sure it changes a whole lot. I mean, I'm I'm probably at the exact same spot. I mean, could I have rewound maybe a couple of frames? Mm-hmm. Uh, possibly, but I mean, look at this. I mean, okay, the defense essentially gave up 18 points. Um, I get, I know, maybe you get, give them credit for having, you know, giving up three points in a short field. Okay, mm-hmm. that, that was a tough one. And now, if you look at that and you're saying to yourself, okay, well, they gave up 15 legitimate points to the Jets. That's eh, a little bit too much, but considering it is the Jets, but because we're grading on a curve here. But you throw everything else, and then, you know, it is Sunday night football. It's on the road. I mean, maybe some of those factors balance out. Um, but this was not, I don't think, the consistency that we've seen from this defense in the past, in the, in the first three weeks of the season, um, especially the last couple of weeks. You know, they, they gave up a few yards on the ground. It wasn't, like, terrible. And really, you take out that 143-yard run that Brees Hall had, and it, actually they were pretty good on the run for the mo- against the run for the most part. Um didn't really, you know, I mean, I, I want to say that they kind of had a bad game defensively against the pass, but they only gave up 245 yards to Zach Wilson. Uh, I mean, the only thing I, I guess you could criticize is saying that they just they didn't get the turnovers based on the amount of mistakes that this Jets offense usually seems to make. Mm. Um, I guess, like I said, I mean, I think there's both good and bad to be able to take from this performance defensively. Yeah, I agree with that. I think that where I've even ended up, sometimes sometimes I've got the, the full game figured out and, and what it means by the time this show starts, and sometimes I get to the end of the show and I realize what I actually think uh, just by the nature of, of how it works to you know start talking about a game as soon as it goes final. And I think, I think what's going on for me is that I, I can't feel good about the fact that we watched the Chiefs go up 17-0 on the Jets and then we're tied 20-20 right on the other side of the half like that that feels like losing ground to the Jets and that's not a good feeling but I also don't think that any any of these standalone performances were were bad enough that I actually would want to backtrack on my belief in the the Chiefs defense I just don't feel great about this performance either like I I just I'm gonna live in that tension for a little bit and I, I don't feel too bad about it I mean this game to me was Almost a carbon copy offensively. I mean, just if you look at the total output, and I'm not talking about the hot start and it being 17 nothing in the first quarter, and you're thinking that this is just going to be Bears esque. Mm-hmm. But if you look at the just the the stats from this game, it was very Jacksonville esque. And mm-hmm. that you know the Chiefs, I think against Jacksonville, put up what was it 399 yards, put up 401 yards tonight. Um, you know, that's a fine offensive output. I mean, that's going to score you a lot of points. 
but why did you find yourself in a dogfight with the Jets? Because the offense made too many mistakes. Mm. You turned the football over twice. Mm. You have, I think, I, I want to say all five of those penalties were against the offense. Maybe there was one defensive penalty I'm forgetting about, but um, a, lot of, a lot of offensive penalties, again, um, your offense, gives up two points and the football. I mean, that's an offensive mistake. I mean, there's no doubt. I mean, there were some things offensively that you need to clean up from this game, and that that was back to the Chiefs doing what they did in the first couple of weeks. So we're now at the first quarter of the season, and I think we can safely say that the Chiefs' offense did more to lose in three of those four games than the defense did. I mean, That, that's that's the I mean this offense has only put together one complete game for the first four weeks. That is kind of scary to me. But at the same time, they still they're still three and one. They they generally have proven that they're going to get the job done eventually. You've got to feel that the mistakes that they're making that they they can clean them up. I mean that these are not just systemic problems with the offense. They're just correctable mistakes. And if that's the case and they're able to give their defense a break every once in a while, this, this team should be fine in the long run. Let's do a, uh, a positive takeaway, and then what for me is at least like a alarm bell quietly ringing kind of takeaway. But let, let's start with, I imagine Isaiah Pacheco got the game ball. He, he's getting the, the shout-out from Andy Reid early on in the uh, the post-game press conference. He's, he's getting all of the, the statistical takeaways from this game. 43 yards on three catches, but most importantly, 20 carries for 115 yards, that long 48-yard touchdown. Um, even without that explosive run, his his aggregate numbers were pretty solid tonight. There was some weird kind of ebbs and flows in the running game, but that tends to be how the running games behave. Uh, what did you see from Pacheco tonight, returning to his home state? Not quite his hometown stadium, as we heard him talk about this week, but but going back to Jersey, not too far from Rutgers, and uh, putting out over 100 yards on the ground and, and crossing 150 all-purpose. Yeah, Isaiah Pacheco is more of a Philly guy than a, than yeah. a New York guy, so right. <laughs> there's that. Uh, I mean, no, my, that was my game ball. I mean, that was the guy that I, I felt like played the most consistent. You're right, it was weird in that Isaiah Pacheco is typically one of the hardest guys in the league to stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, his, his I think his stuff rate is usually more like maybe 10 to 12%, and it was closer to 20 25% tonight. Mm-hmm. He doesn't usually get stopped behind the line of scrimmage, but he had a few negatives tonight. But then those were countered by the fact that he averaged 5.8 yards a carry. Um, that was, this was the, I mean, the best, I mean, Look at it statistically. I mean, this was obviously the best performance of IJ Pacheco's young career so far. Um, but this was what you know you're hoping that he can be. I mean, if he can be your your number one bell cow back and be a thousand yard guy, you need to have some performances like this. And and he gave that. But the offensive line in the first quarter really plowed some holes open for him. The only concern for me is that what happened in the second and third quarters, because it wasn't just Mahomes throwing the football away that was the problem. I mean, it was kind of a little bit of everything, but a big part of it was the offensive line just all of a sudden seemed out of sync. Those holes that were opening up in the first quarter weren't there in the second and third quarter. Um, There seemed to be some inconsistencies. The, The protections for Mahomes broke down, and and maybe you just have to give a lot of credit to the Jets that you know they've got a, an above-average defense. Maybe it's an elite defense that's just stuck on a bad team and you know gets a little demoralized every once in a while. I think that was certainly the case in the first quarter. 
but maybe they just did some things that the Chiefs had to take some time to adjust to. But I, I, I thought that the one guy, even even like I said, even though this was a little uncharacteristic night for Pacheco and that he had some run stop behind the last scrimmage, he was the one guy that consistently, especially in the second and third quarter, that they could still go to to move the football a little bit. Yeah, and finding ways that you can you can have as as we've talked about, I think Matt Nagy talked about, coaches have been talking about for two weeks or whatever. If you can find an easy button to hit, and no matter where that comes in the offense, that's a nice thing to have. And, and if that could be Pacheco, that's blast. I love watching Isaiah Pacheco run um, because he just runs like a maniac, and it's a blast. Um, on on the negative side of the offensive coin, this was like my one of the first things we talked about tonight, and I don't. I don't think this is the most important takeaway, but it's just something that felt so pervasive to me that it's hard to look away from. The, the Chiefs' leading wide receiver in this game ended up being Rasheed Rice, 3-for-32. Kadarius Tony was the leading receiver for a while before that, 2-for-22, and one of those was that little pop pass. Um, MVS had a couple of targets, and, and some of them ended up with positive yardage because of penalties, but he ended up only having that one six-yard uh, first down moving chain-moving reception, which I was excited about. It just was his only catch. Justin Watson, 1-for-5. I I don't and Sky Moore gets shut out again. He he had some some work on the ground, but nothing through the air. We we've talked about the moving target for these young wide receivers, specifically the wide receivers, because for what that position group is. The Jets secondary is leaps and bounds better than the Bears secondary. That's obvious. Help me figure out where I should be in terms of, of my level of concern for wondering when it's gonna start looking easier at any point if it is for the Chiefs' wide receiving core? Yeah, that is, I, I think, a legitimate and fair question. And, you know, once again, let's I, we may have had this conversation uh, on Friday, but we're now four games in, and as far as yardage goes, the leading receiver on this team, including tight ends, is Justin Watson with 163 yards. Mm-hmm. And uh, that pace, you know, you're talking about and now. I, one, I'm, I don't think Justin Watson's going to end up being a 600 yard receiver, mm-hmm. but that's what you're talking about right now. I mean, even with Travis Kelsey, I mean, you're talking about him being a 600 yard receiver this year. Yeah. Um, I don't think that's how the case is going to be. But once again, we circle back to the question: Is there at this point in their career an alpha receiver in this room? Mm-hmm. And I just don't think that there is. And, you know, Rasheed Rice might become that. I I don't think he's that at this point in his career. Um, You know, you you see a performance like this, and then you start to question, can Sky Moore be that guy? Because he threw four games, seven catches, 112 yards. I mean, that's that's a bad day for Tyreek Hill. Yeah. (laughs) Much less a month. Yeah. You know, so that I, I do think is the worrisome thing is that, you know, who is the go-to receiver? Who's the guy that you're going to go to on third and seven, you know, to get a first down? Because a long time it was, you know, it was Tyreek Hill. It was Travis Kelsey. And I don't think there's any doubt. When you talk about the easy button, it's getting harder and harder for Travis Kelsey, too. And, I mean, I, I, I do wonder if it's the fact that he's going to be 34 here pretty soon. And things are just going to continue to get harder when you get to that age. Um, I, I mean, I don't know, because right now, I mean, if you need to convert a third down, well, I think we proved today, I mean, your best chance is just to let Patrick Mahomes run around and eventually 
scramble for it himself. Yeah. I mean, it's it's no longer where you're just automatic that you've got, you know, hey, Tyreek Hill can beat anybody one-on-one. Travis Kelsey can beat anybody one-on-one. I don't know who that is right now. And I, I think that is a legitimate concern that until this, you know, receiver room, you know, we've been worried that, you know, one of the questions is going to be, is, is there enough balls to go around for all these receivers? Well, at this point, nobody's, Nobody's earning the ball. Yeah, I mean, you know, if you're Patrick Mahomes and you're, you're looking, you're trying to find one of these wide receivers. None of these guys at this point have proven themselves to be the guy that Mahomes can count on. I don't want to ask what you think is the most likely answer to this question, but if if you were going to come up with the fun one, is there anything the Chiefs can do? To alleviate that right now, I'm going to mention one name that I don't think can be the answer and my logic for you while you while you can uh, you know decide what you think. But Chase Claypool doesn't solve any of this because he's on a team that also needs receiving help and, and he isn't on the field and that whole thing has fallen apart. Like the, To your point, the Chiefs don't have an issue of not enough guys who can run routes. They have an issue of not enough guys who have demanded the football. Look, if if the Falcons if the Falcons are ready for a rescue mission for Kyle Pitts, I would I would follow that that train to its logical conclusion. But either is there a thing that could be done next, or or is there even a twinge of regret for any of the moves the Chiefs didn't make this offseason in your mind? I mean, there could be a twinge of regret that you could say that maybe the Chiefs did not go out and either one keep you know keep a guy like Juju Smith-Schuster or go out and get, you know, the other, the, the, the new Juju Smith-Schuster. I mean, mm-hmm. you're hoping that they did and that, you know, Rasheed Rice is eventually going to be that guy. But, you know, at this point, it's a lot to ask for a young receiver to come in and become that kind of player in year one for Andy Reid. I mean, that's just an incredibly tall ask. Yeah. Uh, because a lot of guys have become really good receivers for Andy Reid and didn't do much as rookies because it's really hard to do that in this offense. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I think that when we look back at this season, I, I don't think it's going to be a case of, you know, the Chiefs should have gone and gotten this guy as a, as a, a trade in week five. I mean, I don't think that, the, I don't think that the, the fix is outside this organization. I think the fix is still here. It's just a matter of finding your best rotation, you know, getting these, these guys getting some confidence. You know, maybe it's just going to – you thought that maybe last week against the Bears was the slump buster, but clearly it wasn't. Um, you know, you need something. Like I, said, I, I think the one thing you need is you need somebody to step up and stand out mm-hmm. in this group. But I just don't know if that player is there. Um, but you look at these numbers that this, this receiving group is putting up through four games, and it's just – it's not what you expect from Andy Reid. It's not what you expect from Patrick Mahomes. And I don't know if just more time and more chemistry is the solution to this. Yeah, I don't know either. The only name that I'm like actually kind of tiptoeing around is man, like I, I do wish that DeAndre Hopkins was a member of this offense. But that's not the same thing as me saying I think the Chiefs made a mistake not matching the deal that he got from Tennessee. Because I'm still not sure it, Chris Jones and, and all of the difficulties notwithstanding. I'm not sure that would have been a a good deal for them to make for the long haul, but I also am not sure I'm happy with these pass catchers right now. And and you know maybe maybe this whole building an NFL team thing maybe it is actually kind of difficult. Oh, it is. It's incredibly difficult. I mean, there's absolutely no doubt about that because we can come up with all these different solutions, and there's no doubt. I mean, no matter which solution you're talking about, whether it's Juju or it's DeAndre Hopkins or door number three. 
Um, none of them were technically valid solutions because you couldn't fit any of these guys in under the salary cap what the Chiefs have. And then when you factor in, you know, the situation that you had with Chris Jones, it was even more difficult. So, no, I mean, there's, there is not an easy solution to this. And, you know, this is probably, you know, one of the, in one of the years that I think that the Chiefs, I don't know, that, that maybe they didn't completely just recognize and feel like that this was a rebuilding year for the receiving group. Maybe they felt like, you know, last year was indication that even though Mahomes had a bunch of new faces that he can, you know, elevate those guys quickly. This, this group is just a little different, though. I mean, it is younger. I mean, there's absolutely no doubt. I mean, this is a very inexperienced receiver group. And that's that's part of it. I mean, you're seeing these guys, I think, make some still young mistakes. I mean, even even Sky, I think, still makes some, you know, what I wouldn't necessarily call rookie mistakes, but, just, you know, youth mistakes. And it's going to happen when you've got so many young guys and so many guys who are new to the system. And, you know, and the, the one thing that I, I – I, and maybe and maybe it is entirely the injury because playing through that bone bruise and what's going on with the hyperextended knee that Travis Kelsey has, he has to be a continuing limiting factor. Yeah. So it might not be that he's just getting old all of them. It could be that he's old and hurt. And I completely give it up because even though he is old and hurt, he's still playing like Travis Kelsey as best he can. He's just not the Travis Kelsey that we're used to right now. Well, you're still the Matt Derrick that we're used to, so I appreciate you being able to fight through being old and hurt to join us here uh, past both of our bedtimes tonight. We will uh, we'll, we'll part ways this way, and, and hopefully uh, both of us can be uh, can be seeing the end of the workday here pretty soon. Appreciate it, Matt. As always, Josh. And I just, I mean, I don't know if there's any type two diabetics out there in the NFL, but they need to get some love. If there are. I know. I, I, I think there that that would be an entirely different like bucket of research to hop into. And, and frankly, that's not my diabetic area of expertise at this point. So uh, if we need to come up with sort of like uh, feuding or or maybe collaborative uh, diabetic NFL teams, clearly you know that that I will I will uh, support them wholeheartedly, but not whole pancreasly because. I'm physically incapable of that. That's why I love you, Josh. <laughs> because of my bad pancreas? That's why you love me? I love you because you, uh, you, you have both a big heart and a big pancreas. Go ahead and mark that, Dylan. i got to be honest, Matt. That didn't come through the uh, phone quite as cleanly as you might have liked, so I'm going to go ahead and review that tape, and we'll, uh, we'll talk about it tomorrow and see how it came together. I will not remember any of this conversation tomorrow because it's after midnight. My mom always said nothing good happens after midnight. And certainly no good radio happens after midnight. See you, Matt. <laughs> See you, Josh. Matt Derrick of ChiefsDigest.com. You can read his work there. Follow him on Twitter at Matt Derrick. We'll wrap things up ourselves here on the Sports Radio 810 Post Game Show. Here's a couple of final thoughts to leave you with before we get out of here and uh, hand you over to, uh, to hopefully some bedtime before we get to the uh, the action. The Border Patrol takes things back over at 6 tomorrow. The Zone at 10, uh, which will be myself, that very same Dylan Michaels across the glass, and, of course, the team Jason Anderson. Here's where I land for now. This is a weird game. That part shouldn't alarm or surprise you. It was a Chiefs game. Of course it was weird. They play, as we say, but in a game that was as conflicted as this one, I think some of the bad feelings are going to overshadow some decent football. Decent football on prime time when you're the center of the NFL universe, when Taylor Swift and a bunch of super famous friends are all up in one of the suites. 
the entire energy all feels kind of odd. And it's kind of odd when Travis Kelsey is the only member of your football team who has more than three catches. When Isaiah Pacheco and Rasheed Rice are the only two with exactly three. And everybody below that was just having a cameo. I actually think we saw Taylor Swift on screen more often than we saw any Chiefs pass catchers not named Travis Kelsey and maybe Pacheco and Rice. But I do think that letting Zach Wilson, having one competent game of football, erase your belief in the Chiefs' defense would be a mistake. It doesn't feel very good watching your team be up 17-0 on a sorry football squad you anticipated perhaps being able to vanquish in a blowout in this game. I thought a shutout was on the table. I really did. But ultimately, the Chiefs overcame a very good Jets defense and a surprisingly good game from Zach Wilson and still came out of that game victorious. The rest of this year until Germany is going to be odd. Hopefully the postgame shows will still be fun. Till the next one. Bye, Mom.